0: This is the G Podcast with your
1: host, Tommy B.
2: Oh yeah.
3: What's up, y'all? Welcome to the G. Tommy B's in the building. How you doing? Number 23. We're starting, kicking off. Vi, I can see you with your tie on. Thank you for wearing a tie today. <laughs> You got a choice, brother. <laughs> By the way, uh, we, we tape the podcast, of course, live every Sunday, uh, 6 p.m. And Tanya B is in the building. What's up, Tanya B?
4: Oh, she... uh, I'm trying to find this hour of my life that I lost. I'm trying to get it back. <laughs> oh, yeah. And as we tape the
3: show on Sunday. Yeah, as we tape the show on Sunday,
5: oh. it's daylight
3: savings time. And you know this is the forward, so of course, yeah, I agree with you, Tonya. I I, I need the hour back. I do too. I hear you. (laughs) But you know what? We got some sun. We got some sun. At least, and and in the we got some sun. You know, we get you get that extra daylight. You know, so.
0: I prefer, I prefer
3: sleep. (laughs) You prefer the sleep. (laughs) Hey, but anyway, uh, welcome to the G podcast. Every week, every week, we talk politics, opinion, culture, current events, news, politics. And, uh, this is episode 23. And I'm playing, I'm playing something a little bit different in the background. Uh, we lost a great jazz pioneer, um, just a great in jazz, uh, McCoy Tyner, uh, passed away a few days ago. He was 81 up in uh, northern New Jersey, and and it's interesting. Um, and, and Tanya, uh, Najee's coming up second half of the hour, right?
4: Yes, he already. yeah, he's on deck, standing by. Excellent. And and interesting thing is
3: having him on this week in Coltrane, which uh, McCoy Tyner was part of the uh, uh, Coltrane Quartet uh, was a big influence of, of his. So I definitely would like to get you know his feedback on the passing of, of a jazz great. Um, but um, just interesting, man. Uh, when you when you go back, I mean, you know, this is Love Supreme. So, via, you know, even if even if you don't really know jazz, you probably have heard Love Supreme somewhere in a movie, um, and and it's probably the, one of the most recognizable Coltrane cuts. And then you've got uh, what was the uh, my favorite things, which uh, you know, I'm gonna play a little bit of this. And one one of the thing about one of the things about McCoy Tyner was, you know, he didn't play like background piano. He was there like pound for pound with uh, Coltrane, so so his piano was always, you know, pretty prominent. Yeah. All right, y'all. I just thought I'd give you that little jazz lesson. I know you knew already, Tanya B, but you know, I'm just humoring you.
0: <laughs> okay. Teach, brother,
4: teach. <laughs> no. I was just being silent. That's all. I know. It's all good. <laughs> but how'd you feel? Somebody, I mean, you know, did not know that.
3: Yeah, somebody did not know that. And um, you know, a lot of our jazz legends are are getting up in age now. So when you when you look at you know who's out there, you know some of the pioneers. Um, you know, it. it uh, I mean, because the interesting thing is, Coltrane passed away early in life. He was young. Um, so, you know, I think right around 64, 65 and, uh, the quartet ended. And of course, McCoy Tyner continued to, you know, contribute to the jazz culture. Uh, but just the interesting thing is, man, a, a lot of these guys, uh, especially back in the day, uh, Tanya B, you know, you were, I mean, just, just knowing music, man, I mean, I, I guess it was a different lifestyle because so many of them got caught up in, in vices. You know, you had Coltrane. Um, who struggled with addiction and then you had uh bird you know Parker uh, yes that, Charlie Parker Charlie Parker who um, struggled with addiction so you know in a lot of cases it had impact on their careers but McCoy Tyner you know he continued to play all the way up until you know the age of 81 so you know lived a great life in jazz and I'd love to hear with, uh, what what Naji has to say yeah any any other thoughts Tonya B anything I'm missing?
4: I just, I just have a little known, uh, I guess, black history, music facts. Um, someone I'm, I've uh, been associated with for a while, um, who uh, and anybody in Philly knows the station power 99 yep. air personality, Colby Cole, who's now an executive at Radio One is actually the nephew of uh, McCoy Tyner. Wow. And um, he posted a very poignant, very loving tribute to his uncle on social media um, as McCoy Tyner played at his wedding. So Excellent. He, need I say any more? <laughs>
3: yeah, that's good stuff. Memorable, memorable.
4: Absolutely. Legendary.
3: Yeah. So, um, you know, Tanya B uh, is our entertainment digital guru, and uh, she's going to mm-hmm. have some tea coming up as well. Vi is my brother from another mother. Vi, again, thank <laughs> you. For, thank you for coming on the show today. And uh, again, second half of the hour, uh, Najee's mm-hmm. coming up on this day. And also, I, I just want to let you guys know, on March 22nd. I'm, I'm really excited because the band Climax is like part of my DJ upbringing. You know, Um, the men all pause and meeting in the ladies room, all the stuff. Meeting that in do. the ladies room. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We got Bernadette Cooper coming up on, on March 22nd. I'm really excited about that. She's got a new project coming up and she's going to talk to us about it. And, uh, you know, Bernadette was like the... Um, how can you say it? You know, she was like the female Mars a- Day.
4: <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, before right? Before we really knew what a Mars Day was, not only that, Bert, and I just have to say this, Yeah, Bernadette Cooper is someone that I've, I've admired for quite a while, yeah. even before they did the thing on VH1 about, you know, the band, Where Are They Now? Yeah. But if you really delve into the history of Bernadette Cooper, yeah. she was clearly one of those absolutely unsung, I would just say music innovators, creators, because there were things that Bernadette Cooper was doing back in that Dizzy yeah. that people just don't know about. You know, she was also a producer. She just wasn't that girl who said, don't slap me because I'm not in the mood.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. And and she was so, as well as the band Climax, were, you know, they were well ahead of their time, you know, in terms of you know absolutely. what they did. And, and it's unfortunate we don't have, um, you know, a significant, a significant number of bands around uh, Any more female bands, female that. bands. You're absolutely right. Because in the 80s, you know, you had the bangles you had you on know, the white side. Were they the only black female band r and like
4: I said that really made some noise. I would say yes. And, you know, when they got, you know, after, you know, the hits that we know, like the meeting in the ladies room and things like that. Um they stepped really across into the pop charts. Yeah. Um and you know we're on um movie soundtracks and major motion pictures. Yep, man Size so Love also with crossed uh man Size Love and even yeah. remember I miss you. Yeah. So true.
3: So I'm excited she's coming up March 22nd and uh you know so so y'all put that on your calendars. Uh you know that'll be part of the podcast on March 22nd, okay? Let's get into it. Uh we got a whole lot of stuff to go through. Um, you know, today, I know a lot of all all our favorite shenanigans. (laughs) Let's
2: get (laughs) it. Let's get it. Let's get it. So,
3: so let's get it. So, so we could be ready. You know, we can shake it off and be ready for Najee. So, so here's the deal. As we always do, y'all, I'm going to go ahead and, and do the headlines. And, uh, you know, once we, once we do headlines, we'll come back. And we'll talk about him. So here we go.
5: Civil rights icon and Georgia. Congressman John Lewis joined marchers in Selma, Alabama, to commemorate the 55th anniversary of Bloody Sunday. His appearance was a surprise. Lewis, who had his skull broken by white police officers during the 1965 march across the Edmund Pettus Bridge, was diagnosed with stage four pancreatic cancer in December. On Bloody Sunday, marchers were attempting to walk from Selma to Alabama's capital in Montgomery. It was March 7, 1965, when 17 people were injured. Pete Buttigieg has suspended his presidential campaign for the Democratic nomination. The former mayor returned home to South Bend to make the announcement, saying his decision was about unifying Americans. At this point in the race, the best way to keep faith with those goals and ideals is to step aside and help bring our party and our country together. Buttigieg made history as the first openly gay presidential candidate to make it this far. And then there were four. That's how many candidates remain in the race for the Democratic presidential nomination as Senator A.B. Kobachar decided to end her campaign. She and former Mayor Pete Buttigieg endorsed former Vice President Joe Biden at a rally last night. That leaves Senators Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren, along with former New York Mayor Mike Bloomberg, plus Biden still in the race. Political observers say Bloomberg is the only remaining candidate that is pulling voters away from Biden as the Democratic party appears to be moving to a two-man race after last night's stunning comeback by joe biden the race for the democratic nomination for president is rapidly moving closer to a two-man race while elizabeth warren failed to win a single state she is still in the race as of wednesday afternoon but mike bloomberg is out and he is endorsing the man he believes can win
4: after yesterday's vote it is clear that candidate is my friend and a great american joe biden
5: Bloomberg's decision to end his campaign is expected to be a big boost for Biden. Biden swept the South on Super Tuesday and even carried other states he wasn't expected to win. Bernie Sanders, as expected, won California. And then there were two as Elizabeth Warren drops out of the race for president.
1: I will not be running for president in 2020, but I guarantee
4: I will stay in the fight. For the hardworking folks across this country have gotten short end of the stick over and over.
5: Joe Biden and Bernie Sanders will now battle it out moving forward for the Democratic nomination. The only female candidate still in the race is Hawaii Representative Tulsi Gabbard, who has just one delegate and has failed to qualify for any recent debates. By the way, Warren did not endorse either Biden or Sanders. The number of confirmed cases of coronavirus in the U.S. grew to at least 220 as of this morning. Thursday, Colorado reported its first cases. There were 12 deaths nationwide, but 11 of them are in Washington state. California, which has declared a statewide emergency in response to the outbreak, reported six new cases, including two in San Francisco, also deemed likely to be a result of community transmission. 3,500 people are stuck in their rooms on a cruise ship off the coast of San Francisco. Here's San Francisco's Executive Director of Emergency Management.
3: Once we have results from the tests, the CDC and the state will determine the most appropriate location for the ship to birth. That's Mary Ellen Carroll. Damn. Can you imagine being on a cruise ship, <laughs> stuck off, like, on, on the... On the coastal area, and, and you can't come off the boat? Oh, let me let me make okay. sure. All right, go ahead, y'all. Go ahead. I, can you imagine that? First, I'll go to buy. I turned y'all down. Sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead.
0: No, I could not imagine that.
3: Yeah. I, what about you, Tanya B.?
0: Like I said,
4: people. Oh, you're quarantined on a cruise ship. Yeah. It is not fun. No, you know you don't have the freedom to move about. You are not on the love boat. And then again, when you're in a situation where you're quarantined on a ship like that, and the bulk of the people that have the virus are the staff members. Yeah, I'd be afraid to touch. You know, plate, yeah. fork, That's spoon. And what do you do besides go stir crazy?
0: Yeah, yeah from my understanding. And when you're quarantined on a cruise ship, you're not allowed to leave your room. Wow.
4: So, so my whole point.
3: Yeah, you can't leave your room. Um, And I know on the previous ship, you could only come within a certain, like a certain feet, a certain number of feet uh, between yourself and other guests, even if you did come out. Uh it, It's not fun. And um this whole situation, man, even if you go to the store and you cough a little bit, everybody looks at your ass. I mean, it's like you'll be in line. <laughs> it's like it's the whole store, EF Hutton, you know, damn. <laughs> You know, so so you got you
0: got people. I've seen that yet. Oh, dude,
3: I'm serious, Tanya. You know what I'm saying, right? Because because you know this is a not r-
0: no, fully. I went I went into Whole Foods
4: uh, last night. Yeah, they are completely sold out of hand sanitizer.
3: Oh, gone. Yeah,
4: another grocery store in Central Atlanta. Uh, they have a limit as to how many products you can buy yeah. in terms of hand sanitizer. You know, the Clorox wipes, those things that you can buy over the counter that can kill the virus. Mm-hmm. And if you go online and try to place an order, and you have more than five items, it will automatically knock you back down to the max.
3: Yeah, I mean, a lot of lot of price gouging, a lot of price gouging. Yeah,
4: that too. I heard there's some hand sanitizer on um, the internet. I need I I need to say where, but uh, that there are people that were charging three hundred dollars. That's crazy. That's crazy. But hey, here's the gag. You know, anybody who wants to know this, email me. I have a recipe for homemade. (laughs) hand sanitizer oh no and uh do not waste good vodka such as tito's because <laughs> alcohol has to be at least 60 yeah to be effective so you could go right over to let's see dollar tree get some, of, get that, get get so, some uh, of that get some of that ever clear yeah or just get that 70 not 70 which yeah. is effective or the medical grade alcohol which is yeah. fine
3: yeah that's fine yeah yeah, don't go out. Don't go out and don't waste your good alcohol on, on trying to make some. You know, no, you, I'm not. Trusting. You go out. You go out smelling like gray goose, and you know, <laughs> you don't want to. You don't want to do uh, that. And Tito uh, is. don't do that. Don't do that. Drink hey, hey,
0: the gray goose. Don't
3: hey, rub it on you. Hey, Vi, are, are you happy now that um, it's a two man race? Are you happier with these folks dropping out?
0: Yes, because they're a waste of time. Yeah,
3: yeah. You feel Biden's got a better chance now?
0: Yeah, he's going to be, I think he's going to be burning now.
3: Okay. Okay. So you had, it was like American Idol, you know, this week. I mean, like rapid, <laughs> a musical chairs, rapid American Idol. <laughs> and, um, you know, candidly, uh, um,
4: it, it was like the
0: mass singer. Yeah. It was elimination. I'm trying to. Boom. I'm trying to figure what happened. How well, how to buy and get popular all, so again? All of a sudden. Well, you know, he knew,
3: and and this is this is the whole thing. Y'all knew that when he was moving out of Iowa, New Hampshire, where you ain't got but what .02 percent uh, black folks. He started moving into the South. So in the South, he's going to do well because what 60 percent of the Democrats in of the vote in South Carolina plus was black. Same thing. He goes in the Mississippi. Seventy percent of the Democrats are going to be black. So, you know, blacks are going to support Biden because of the Obama connection. And, um, you know, Sanders has an issue, of course. But I, I do want to we're going to talk about in a few minutes the fact that Jesse Jackson came out today uh, as we take the podcast with an endorsement of, of, um, of Bernie, uh, which is not surprising for a lot of people because he's known Bernie for a while. And, um, you know, and, and of course, uh, Tanya B, you might kind of know about, I feel this way. Um, if y'all don't remember back in the day before when Obama was running in 08, do y'all remember that famous clip when Jesse was on mic and didn't know he was on mic?
4: Ooh. Yeah, that's a, thank you. I just had a, a, a rewind and a lot of people that like my such as myself who had kind of forgotten that it's like, oh, I just had a. A flashback. Yeah. Yes.
3: Yeah. So, you
4: know, even mm-hmm. though yes. there,
3: there had always been um, you know, of course, uh, I guess you can say some respect there. Um I don't think really when Obama got into office, if you notice Reverend Al really had more access to Obama during his eight years more so than Jesse, you didn't really hear a whole lot of Jesse Jackson action <laughs> happening. Uh, during the eight years of Obama,
4: but hey, but Action Jackson, he, he was going through some things, and then yeah, he still had to, you know, I guess, have to just, just carry the weight of his son. Yeah, and I wonder. I'm surprised. Well, I'll say this much so far: Jesse has not blamed it on, you know, the health issue that he had not revealed at that time.
3: And, and I, I want to play a clip, by the way, of his. Um, I want to play a clip of his endorsement. And did you see the endorsement? Have, did, did either one of y'all see the endorsement today? I did not. Yeah, I had a chance to see it. And, and I don't mean this in a not not to be humorous in any way. Um, but he reminds me because you don't see, uh, you know, Jesse Jackson, Reverend Jackson in action that much these days. He reminds me. Do you remember Ali has as Ali started to decline, um, you know, the his movement and even speech? Um,
4: That's the thing with Jesse. He's yeah. got, uh, I believe it's Parkinson's, right?
3: Yeah, I think it is. And and you're starting to see, you know, that. And whereas, you know, if you grew up, uh, we grew up, we're in that generation where we grew up with Reverend Jackson, you know, in the I Am Somebody. Y'all remember
4: the I Am Somebody
3: speech? Yeah, just oh, yeah. Jesse, okay.
4: clenched fist, big Afro dashiki. Mm-hmm. I Am Somebody. Okay. The fire that was there back then. All
3: right. I want to play I Am Somebody Today, Jesse Jackson. Today, and and this will let you know what we what we're working with.
2: I am somebody. I am somebody. I am somebody. Respect me. Protect me. Never neglect me. I am somebody. Red and yellow, brown, black, and white. We're all precious in God's sight. If my mind can conceive it and my heart can believe it, I know I can achieve it. I can achieve a new world. I must dream. I must dream and dream and dream. And I must keep hope alive. Keep hope alive. Keep hope hope. alive, Alive. keep hope hope. alive, Alive. keep hope hope. alive, Alive. never surrender, surrender. keep hope alive. Alive. Bernie Sanders can win, win. will win, win. must win, Bernie can win, will win, must win. When Bernie wins, healthcare wins, love you guys. You hear
3: what I'm saying? Totally different energy, you know? And, and, uh, even though of course, you know, he's gotten up there in age, you know, the difference between, you know, you, us growing up in the generation and, and following, you know, the Jackson campaign, you know, very different Jesse Jackson in, in 2020, which I guess is to be expected at his age, but you can tell that, you know, it, it, it's a different Jesse, uh, still the same, but you know, yet different and, uh, it's going to be interesting. Um, you know, then you had Kamala Harris come out and, and of course, uh, endorse Joe Biden, um, today, um, you know, which is interesting considering her attack on Biden, you know, when about busing. Um, but, but you know, it, it, it's going to be interesting in terms of how Bernie perceives that and whether or not he decides to use that in an upcoming debate. I would because, you know, Kamala didn't speak highly of Biden or was she supportive of Biden? But she came out and endorsed him today, and she said he is a public servant who's always worked for the best of who we are as a nation, and we need that right now. So thoughts, Vi? You think Kamala is uh, is 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 giving him w- some points?
0: I'm with her. I think if anybody got a, if anybody got a chance of being uh, the president now, it's, uh, it's Biden. Yeah, I don't think. Uh, I May mean, I agree with a lot of stuff that uh, what's the other guy name? I can't think of his name right Bernie? now. Bernie. Or or Bernie's doing, yeah. I just don't think <laughs> she's laughing at it. Okay. I just do not think the um, the majority of uh, the the diehard Democrats are, are on are on the Bernie train. Yeah, yeah.
3: Well, it's gonna be interesting. And and Tanya B, um, you know, it's interesting because one of the things uh, I guess in politics is like. You know everything's a soundbite, and especially now in in the era of technology, man. When you put stuff out there, it comes back to bite you. And and I, I I'm quite sure that there's going to be an ad that's going to come out with some of the things that come, all these candidates basically said about Biden, all the ones who endorsed him this week, because all of them had something to say. All of, them. I mean, you know, candidly, quite, I'm gonna be quite candid. All of them talk shit about Biden. Am I? Am I? I mean, everybody had something to say.
2: Oh, they did. <laughs> they Sorry.
4: did. And I don't know what made them think. I mean, at the end of the day, yeah. Even if you were just running on name recognition,
3: yeah, yeah.
4: Ninety-nine percent of the people that have dropped out of this race mm-hmm. probably couldn't spell Joe Biden at one time or another.
3: Yeah. And, nope. and Tulsi Gabbard is still around. Uh, nobody really Why? cares.
0: But <laughs> Who? That's <laughs> <laughs> my point. Why? Why are okay. you hanging around? She just hanging out. No, you just, She's just, just said, like the money that you, just like making, wasting folks money.
4: Yeah,
3: I guess so. She just hanging But
0: you're one delegate.
3: Yeah. But anyway, uh, that's where we are. Um, got some important elections coming up. Michigan's on the way. Uh, one of the big reasons, uh, the, uh, Jackson, Jesse Jackson decided to step up was the fact that Michigan, uh, is coming up. And he had, of course, I mean, you know, Jesse Jackson, and the unions he was a force be- behind um you know making sure that um you know there was a, there was equality during the times of of negotiating with the car companies so it's going to be really interesting to see um how this endorsement shakes out a lot of folks don't believe because uh you know the fact that uh bernie has this younger audience that the younger audience can even relate to jesse so they think it's a wasted endorsement that he's going after older blacks and and most older oh, yeah, yeah.
0: I don't even understand why Jesse is endorsing him. Well, you know, he's he's known
3: he's known Sanders for 30 years. They have a relationship. Okay. And and Okay, but yeah, because of the unions really? and a lot of the, you know, AFL-CIO kind of stuff that they've done. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see what, you know. I
0: thought he I thought he, I thought he'd be more on Biden's side and uh, going for us, Bernie, but hey, that's me.
3: Yeah, yeah, but but I think that Obama thing runs deep. I think it runs deeper yeah. than people think. You know, I, I think I don't think it even though it healed uh, that first night when Obama made that speech outside and, and Jesse was on camera, you know, tearing up. I, I still think the eight years didn't do a whole lot to heal. I think there's a riff, but I'll, I'll leave
0: it. At that. But Jesse's upset because he did not become the first black president. <sighs> no, nah,
3: I don't have the clip, but I'm gonna bring the clip in when he said he was going to clip Obama's nuts.
4: I don't
3: know if you remember that back in the nose <laughs>
4: yeah. tanya me you remember that <laughs> well right? you know, i think one of the things you know you brought that up yeah. i think during that time it had something to do again with the mess that jesse jackson jr had gotten into yeah. and if you remember nobody was checking for him to try to bail him out just because yeah, yeah number yeah. one number two isn't it convenient that around the same time that all this is going on mm-hmm. that uh Rob Vagoyevich, v- v- oh, him.
5: Yep, yep.
4: The guy that was the governor that was trying to sell Obama's seat, which I kind of believe um, Jesse might have had something to do, or maybe he had aspirations for that seat for his son, and it didn't come to fruition. Mm-hmm. Now, don't forget about that part. Yeah. There's Vagoyevich, that's his name. Yeah. 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 He just got pardoned, him yeah. and his hair.
3: Okay? Yeah. He was just pardoned, went in w- with black hair, came out with straight gray hair
4: no no so, it ain't even gray it is silver white, white. <laughs> <It> is. <laughs> he, he is ages as if he was the president <laughs>
3: you ain't lying prison all right y'all hey let's let's get off uh let's let's step away uh from uh from politics man it's, it, we got you know definitely within the next next upcoming days it's a race it's a real race two-man race so we'll see what happens but uh let's go on we'll do some tea real quick uh of course um Coming up second half of the show, we've got Najee. But I do want to get into uh, some tea with Tanya B, at least the first uh, part of the tea. And this week, y'all, Tavis Smiley, um, PBS basically um, won a case where uh, basically PBS is at asked Tavis sued PBS, uh, uh, PBS, public broadcast system, countersued. And basically, uh, you know, went after the salary that they had paid Tavis. And guess who won? Of course, PBS won this it week. So it wasn't Tavis. It wasn't Tavis. Right. And, tab- and it was ugly, man. It was uh how many women? Six women that that basically right, well,
4: one of you yeah. and one of these women that um, was called to testify was a woman who was not of color that he harassed. She filed A suit against him. She got paid, and she was one of the last people that they brought in to testify against Tavis Smiley Mm -hmm. before the jury went to deliberate. That did not help him at all.
0: Yeah. So I just don't. I don't get it. I mean, if he know he did it, why go to court? Well, (laughs) so let me. You want you want this to go away? Ego. Well,
3: his whole thing was to sue. Um, and initially, um, you know, to get his show back and PBS, I guess, turned the tables by using the morals clause, which if anybody who does business with them or is under contract, there's a morals clause, which a lot of folks don't really, you don't hear about people using the morals clause to sue people. You don't hear that a lot and they used it. They won. So, you know, over a million dollars, basically he's going to have to pay back. Uh, I don't think he expected it. It was a countersuit. Um, he is, from what I'm hearing, uh, there is a, uh, he is, he is basically uh, going to appeal. Um, so it's, um, but I I, I kind of think, and, and you can help me with this, Tanya B. I kind of think it's over for Tavis. Um, it's been over. It has <laughs> <right>. been over.
0: <laughs> I, was been over. over <laughs> I was trying to keep open alive. I was trying to keep open. Been live. over. Been over. He's kidding himself. It's been over. Right. And, and he had again. This was his chance
4: to come back, and he screwed this up in the name of yeah booty. Basically, well, he he, and I think he, he thought he was going to get away with it, you know, and he had been getting away with it for so long.
3: And why his defense so was, long. it's my company. My company doesn't have any type of rule that says you can't date uh, co-workers. And he said that all the um, all the interaction, all the relationships were consensual. And, um, you know, well, but that,
0: that's it. That's yeah, If, they were, consensual, if they were consensual, I had no problem. But the women are saying they're not consensual.
3: Yeah.
4: Well, right. and if this woman sued him <laughs> for sexual misconduct in one, how in the hell is that consensual? Yeah. I
0: mean, this dude had an ego. He must. I don't know what he thought. We, <laughs> that was, exactly, real, that's, exactly wow. what was like, that's what it was. Yeah. They took down Bill Cosby. Who do you think you are? <laughs> well, he didn't know at the they time. Took, they <laughs> took down. They took think, down America. They took yeah, down America's yeah. dad. You just Travis Miley.
3: I don't think he knew at the time. Well, as 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 Mama used to say, I hate to say it candidly. Don't shit where you eat. I mean, don't,
0: you know, by <laughs> bottom hey, line. to the beach. <laughs> that's, my number, that's my number one
3: model. <laughs> so, <laughs> number one. So I'm if we work together,
0: back. we can. But and you know I what's did. interesting? Yeah. No. Hmm. What's interesting?
4: It, it's almost like he was that kid that might have been a little chubby in school that might have got picked on that wasn't the most popular guy. Mm-hmm. Then he got, you know, his revenge was to become famous and probably, you know, in the eyes of some or himself, wealthy. Yeah. And this was his get back. Yeah. But the thing is, you know, when you say it was consensual, it's like, hey, okay, that means something definitely went down. Number one. But moreover, when your comment is, how else was I supposed to meet women? If that's the only way you can get it in.
3: Yeah. Well, he never he never uh-huh. um, he never uh, denied the relationships. He never denied the relationships. So, you know, there, there you go. I'll leave it at that. Tanya B, what you got next?
4: OK, is that I just want to tell you something, you know, and everyone's been talking this week about this whole situation with Megan the Stallion. Mm. And, and I really hope people pay attention because this is about to become a teachable moment. Hopefully not a cautionary tale, Um, uh, because, you know, the whole thing about her saying I signed a bad deal. I only got ten thousand dollars. I want to renegotiate. I want to put out music. A, B, C, D, E, F, G. At the end of the day, young lady. Again, you were so thirsty that you signed this agreement. Yes, she went to court. Yes, she can get to put this music out. She's she yet to put out a full album, but again, she can put music out, mm-hmm. but the label still didn't get the, the lion's share of the money. She makes her money doing shows, but here is, you know, I, I, I I'm giving her the side eye and here is why okay. I know she's young. Okay. But if you have all this going on, why in the entire hell did you get on Instagram and post up that you just bought a five hundred thousand dollar gold necklace? Mm. Mm. So you have that kind of money to throw around, but you don't want to take five hundred dollars of that to have an attorney consult you for an hour. Apparently, she was she had to go to an attorney somehow to be able to file that uh, lawsuit, the injunction to get to the point where she could release her music. Well, I'm not an attorney, but it was like, okay, so did you just wake up one day and say, Oh,
3: yeah,
4: I'm gonna go and file That's again. that fame so I, I just hope that's I that, hope she gets together. Because yeah. if she'd have taken that half million dollars and invested it, yeah, she wow. could have taken the interest from the half million to buy a real necklace because it looks like it came from the Hobby Lobby. So, you know, my thing is Damn. <laughs> if she keeps on the course that she's on, I'm telling you by twenty twenty one you'll be saying Megan the who and she'll be broke. And I hope she can take some of those hobby lobby diamonds in that necklace wow, and uh, cash it in and, and pay her bills.
3: Well, I, I did. I, I saw, I saw a lot of interest in, in the um what was the name of the sugar was the project. I mean, you saw that logo everywhere on social media, yes. so she's going to do well with this, but, but I, I mean, you know, it's a different, it's just a different mentality. Tanya B. Um, and, and when, especially with social media, you and I talked about the, the whole pop smoke situation where, you know, it, it's, you know, Instagram, well, more so Instagram, uh, for the younger audience and, and maybe some Twitter, but, but that's just the way they get down. I mean, you know, they want to portray that lifestyle, you know, on the gram. And, um, I, I just don't think it's going to change. I, I think people, and, and, you know, ain't nobody going to get on the gram in a shack. You know what I'm saying? Um, in overalls, it's always going to be on that level. I just don't see it changing.
4: Yeah. And people don't understand that the, for the, like I said, she may have, she may have gotten on a $500,000, I don't know, a surety bond or something along that line. Yeah. Most of what you see on the gram, whether it's, or TikTok or Twitch or Twitter, whatever's out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it, it speaks to the people that, that believe it. And that's the sad part about it. And then she's going to talk about how she needs money. She signed a bad deal. Yeah. She puts this necklace up and then gets into an Instagram beef with another rapper. Yeah. Uh, please, girl, well, I know,
3: well, she has, from what I, from what I hear, <laughs> Rock Nation. Rock Nation's in her corner. So, you know, going forward um, with the guys in Houston who basically had the, I guess, they they hold her contract. Um yeah, they put her on. Yeah, so um, you know it's going to be interesting to see how she navigates with the album being out now. With not because eventually she's going to go over to Rock Nation. Is that is that the assumption? She's
4: going to try to, but you know, if, in a situation like this, I get it. Um, some things are better negotiated behind closed doors. Yeah, because only attorneys are going to get rich from this point in. So she'll be out there. Yeah, she'll get show money. Yeah. But she's going to have to pay attorneys and new managers and this, that, and the third. And, I, I mean, like I said, if she's jumping out here buying this Hobby Lobby jewelry right now, she's going <laughs> to have some financial problems. So she clearly is not in the space where she can. Now, a lot of these artists, you cannot figure p- this out. You need counsel. You have to listen. And I say, why would you spend $500 on a 500, shoe heel? i am right, just saying 500 oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. on a yeah. shoe heel. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah.
4: But you won't take that $500 and go to an attorney who can protect your interest. So you don't end up like Megan the Stallion and so many others that are saying, I signed a bad deal. They ripped me off. They took this. They lied. They this, they that yeah. at the end of the day, young lady, you signed it. Yeah. And now Thank this you. is, this is, you know, you got to deal with, with, with the, your, the consequences of your, your decision or your actions. So
3: yeah, and not, right. not to spend a whole lot of time on it, but I do know. The guys, the guys in, uh, the guys in Houston <laughs> who basically, uh, the label that signed her, the ones who basically hold her contract now, mm-hmm. they said it was a good deal. Well, she was getting 40%. Um, you know, so they felt like the 40% was above what is a typical first deal. So, you know, we'll see how it goes down. I mean, we'll, and, we'll, and again,
4: yeah, we'll at that it. time, I'm sure it was much more than she had. By the yeah. time you get $10,000 and pay you thirty minimum 30% tax on it, you see what she had left. Yeah. It's not a lot of money. No, you're right. Okay. What else
3: you got, Tanya B? We're, we're going to go to a break. and, and uh,
4: Let, Let's go to a break because I am ready for, I'm, I'm going to go get myself a cup of tea so we talk to Najee. So, okay. no, I'm done. Let's go. to right. break. And come back with it.
3: All right, cool. We're going to go to break <laughs> and we'll, we'll go to break and we'll come right back. All right, Joe. Oh, yeah, y'all, you are listening to the G-Podcast. I'm Tommy B., of course, with my boy Vi, my brother from another mother, along with Tanya B., my digital entertainment guru, Tanya B. We're still waiting on Najee, right, to pop in? No, I'm here. Oh, he is here,
1: y'all. Yeah, I've been on here for a while, y'all. <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah, you yeah, have been listening, going? have you?
1: <laughs> What's going on, Najee? I probably sat through about 10 minutes of... Uh, of the artist
3: you were talking about. I couldn't catch who you were talking about. Oh, but, well, good. Uh, yeah. <laughs> how, yeah. how you doing, sir? Man, the one and only. I'm doing well, man. How you doing? I am good. The one, the only Najee is in the building. Uh, I can tell you this uh, before Tanya B jumps in, uh, my career started, man, right around the time you started. And, and I was, I'm going to say this Najee. Um, you yeah, kn- um, when hip hop basically had come in, it was the new phenom, Um, R and B radio had always kind of been, you know, a a place where you would hear some jazz, if not throughout the week, maybe on the weekends, but that started to kind of disappear. And I know you grew up in New York, so you probably had access to BLS, WBLS and, and, and some of the other urban stations in New York. But
1: yes, sir, absolutely.
3: I would say your entry man into the scene really pulled save jazz on the R and B side. Um, because you made Oh wow. I mean, I I say that because you made it accessible, you know, whereas you you know, with, with a lot of the stuff that you did, because I was there when when you were releasing your initial cuts and a lot of folks are kind of pulled away. And of course, you know, you had the the purist who said, you know, we want to hear, you know, the the standards, and then you came to the scene and you made you made it accessible to everybody. So hey, I'm you know, you you definitely hold that. You know, as part of your your Wikipedia, sir.
1: <laughs> was, oh, okay. <laughs> you
3: should you well, should drop you, man. that
1: in there. I mean, you know, I was just going to say. You know, I recall when I when I had the opportunity to record that record, my very first album, Najee Steam. There was a uh, an intentional, conscious decision on my part to to do that mm-hmm. because I saw. Uh, you know, they tried with Kenny G his first four albums, but it really did not connect. You know, yeah, and uh, George Howard had a, a moderate, you know, response. Mm-hmm. And then for whatever reasons, man, I came along, and what I did was record an R&B record featuring the saxophone. That's really all I did. Yep. And uh, you know, it caught on, and the rest we can talk about now. You know,
3: absolutely. So, I mean, you definitely made it accessible and and kept jazz there. With, sir. Yeah, and and it was a smart move, and and it's really you know kept you uh, kept you relevant all these years. Great thing. Yes, sir. And yes sir. One other thing too and and this is just interesting timing uh with the passing uh of McCoy Tyner. Um and and I know yes. Coltrane was a was a big influence of yours. Um any any thoughts yes. any yes, thoughts did you have a chance to to meet McCoy Tyner or any, any thoughts on on the passing of McCoy Tyner?
1: Yes, I mean, you know, obviously he was uh a legend. You know, um, one of the unsung heroes, if you will. But as we know, when the transition of jazz historically from, you know, the bebop era, which, you know, had Bird and Train, well, Train came along and just paved the way with with what we call moto jazz. You know, Uh Miles was known for what they called the cool jazz era of the 60s. Mm-hmm. But when Train was forging ahead with changing the direction of jazz as we understood it, the culture of jazz at that time. Um, you know, uh, McCoy was very much a part of that transition, right. you know? Um, and I know for those people who don't understand what I'm saying, when we say modal jazz versus bebop, there was a whole new system, a whole new way of thinking, you know, the, the European Western system and and it's everything it entails. They, those brilliant musicians of that time just kept forging ahead and, and raising the bar mm-hmm. and opening up a different level of consciousness in the music, you know? So I say with McCoy Tyner, he's influenced so many people. Herbie Hancock, I mean, he's on and on and on and on and on, all the way to the current day. Uh, you know, he's definitely an institution, I think, Excellent. that we that needs to be recognized and remembered. Absolutely. Good
3: stuff. And, and I'm going to say one more thing, um, and I'm going to turn it over to Tanya B. You did something else, sure. man, and, and I w- I couldn't wait for you to get on the show. Uh, one of my favorite jazz <laughs> albums. I mean, really, really. I'm, you know, I'm a fan, man. One of my favorite jazz albums is your 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 cover album you did of Stevie Wonder uh which is totally you know mm-hmm. Songs in the Key of Life first of all is my favorite R&B album and then oh, you, you came you. out and did it and a lot of folks would not try such a classic album you know you don't even i mean that's like you know trying <laughs> to trying to do Dr. J in Philly you know <laughs> right <laughs> take right. it off from the from the <laughs> free throw line but bottom line is you did an excellent job uh, not only did you do an excellent Thanks. job with it, man, but you work with George Duke, which uh, you yeah. know the, mm-hmm. the genius George Duke. How how was it working with the late George Duke, man, to to produce that? Oh album? man!
1: Well, you know, most importantly, he be- he became a friend. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I when I first met him, I was very intimidated because he was a guy as a kid. You know, one of the people we looked up to and uh, so much idolized him. Here I am in the studio with this great man, and. um and, you know, at the time touring around the world with him, you know, as a, as a package, George, Duke, Najee, you know, we were going all over the world at the time. And, uh, what can I say, man? You know, it my, my last album with EMI Capital Records was about to come through and they asked that we would do this album. And I guess they owned all the publishing rights to it, you know. So oh, wow. it was a good goodbye album and I couldn't think of anybody better than George to do it. And George, you know, I'll never forget, he said to me, he said, Hey, man, it's your last album on them. Let's spend their money. <laughs> <laughs> and yes, you so, did. <laughs> he did, man. He went and got, he got everybody, man. He got all the original guys who were on the original record. Wow. Stevie, you know, Michael Sambello and, you know, uh, uh, James James Jameson on bass. He got, uh, you know, all the guys who played on that record. Plus he went and got Stanley Clark, uh, Patrice oh. Russian, Herbie Hancock and a whole bunch of other people. And This is what we came out with, you know. So I'm gonna say this, y'all, this because day, people still talk about it. I,
3: I think, I think people. I don't think people really. I don't think they give that album its due, but I could throw that album uh, on mm-hmm. any time, brother, and it is like you know, instant. Like everybody stops. And, and and I didn't I no, didn't realize I mean, yeah, he had you had that many original folks on the album. But you spent their money well. You definitely spent their money well.
2: Oh well, thank you. Well,
3: I, you
1: know, I mean, I, I made sure I wasn't going to make any money on it, but I was going to at least leave something behind. So. Oh yes, you did. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I tell you a funny story. Every time I see Stevie Man, and literally, I mean this. Yeah. Every time I see him, he's like, "Hey, man, thanks for doing my record." I'm like, "Steve, you must have made a lot of money on that player because I don't, you know, <laughs> I surely didn't." You know? <laughs> so it's a hell he of a. Thanks me every time. Man. Hey. <laughs>
3: It's a hell of an album, Vi, You got to get that album, man.
1: Okay. If,
3: if, you know, my my, you my, my brother, if, if he doesn't have it, uh, Vi's on the podcast. He's here, Tanya B. You there? I'm, I I I'm, I could go on with with uh, with Naji for days, man. Tanya B. You got a couple of questions for for Naji? Like I yeah, everyone
4: yeah. you know has this season in your life for whatever reason. And you know, if there's one thing for certain, two things for sure, I know one and two is free. But one thing I will say about this dude right here, mm. he is the same person. That I have known for more than 30 years. Wow. Am I being wow. biased? Of That's course. True. Can I? Absolutely. You know, and then it's a, the <laughs> funny story. And I, I always equate when I think of Najee, I think of Mary had a little lamb because it's part of the, um, nursery rhyme that says he followed her to school one day.
3: <laughs> oh no. That is true. Let's that hear this. Is you know, what, you
4: know, <laughs> this is the honest to God truth. I was walking. I had just uh, left home and I talked my parents into getting me an apartment off campus and I was walking home from school one day mm. and this guy started to follow me and try to talk to me and he was carrying a saxophone case
3: wow same He's guy sure. now yep. <laughs> He's still following you with the saxophone well, case. The only thing is, I, now, <laughs> now I, can, I, can, I can follow
1: her in a car now. You
0: know, really
4: <laughs> oh, wait. Well, I talk, that day he came around the corner off of Mass Avenue, and I was crossing the street, so you almost hit me that day, but it's okay. And you had a car. <laughs> that is Oh, funny. I did? Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. I want to yeah, hear some more he, stories. Yeah. About, Go ahead. Uh,
3: <laughs> Go
1: ahead
4: oh but i guess what i'm getting at is not to you know put anybody on front feet or spill any tea but you know you see people that you know get to a point in their career where you know they they change they flip they forget you know but not this dude right here
1: yeah excellent oh well thank you thank you so much
4: well you know i don't know any
1: other way to be i come from humble beginnings and uh you know, uh, I think that my experiences in life have, have shaped my way of thinking in terms of how to treat. I mean, you know, I know what it's like to be a cab driver. So when I'm in a cab with somebody, I'm, you know, with a cab driver, I'm very sensitive to the fact that what they're going through to make a living. You know, wow. I know what it's like to be a security guard. You know, I did that while I was in college for a while. I was a banker for a while, you know, did whatever I had to do to make money. So, you know, when I see people in certain positions, I just say, man, I was there. That was me. That could have been my life forever had it not been for the fact that my destiny and opportunity just were different for me. That's all.
3: To, Najee, where where do you think jazz is right I, now as as a genre? Uh, mm-hmm.
1: Where do you think jazz well, I think, is? I think we have. I think we're at a crossroads of finding out finding a way to monetize it more uh, from a point of view of of, uh, of royalties, particularly, specifically, uh, how to earn. You know. Uh, how to, how to, to increase our relevance in the industry. And what I mean by that, there was an article about three years ago in the New York times that stated that all forms of jazz and classical combined represented less than 1% of music sales in the industry, which is why I honestly believe that when we think about things like the Grammys, those, those institutions are driven by commerce. Um, because our economic relevance is less now, you know, we don't have the same kind of attention or, uh, importance to the uh, institutions like the Grammys, like we once did, even though I think it's disrespectful for them to turn their back on jazz artists that have contributed so much to the American culture and American art form. Mm-hmm. And even some of our younger, uh, artists that are rappers or whatever, pay homage to the fact that, you know, uh, jazz is very critical to sustaining a culture, if you will. You know, it's really a, a homegrown art form. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I think that honestly the crossroads we face right now is, is keeping ourselves relevant that it monetizes and keeps the commerce alive. And, but the beautiful thing, the other side of that is the fact that we have more freedom in terms of controlling the rights to our product. You know, um, I've been very fortunate that, you know, my association with Prince for three years, you know, he was this, he was this guy that always encouraged artists to own your own masters. There was, I mean, I remember, tons and tons of conversations with them about this. And finally, the time came when I left Capitol Records. Um, You know, before I had left, my manager at the time, I won't mention his name. I know Tanya knows who he is. Uh, They were looking to (coughs) let me go for a million Mm dollars, you know. Uh, Of course, I didn't have a million dollars to give him. So, uh, you know, when I got with Prince, it was actually uh, on recommendation of of who we call the godfather, Mr. Clarence Avon. Mm. That recommended that uh, you come and see him after we got out of the deal. And he appointed a, a very prominent attorney that represented Prince. And they did this whole thing that got me out of the deal and never charged me a dime. I, I To this day, I think Prince paid that bill for me, to be honest with you. Wow. But the point is, is, just I've been very fortunate that now I'm in a position that I, you know, everything I've done since those days are reverted back to my company. So that's really great.
4: Good stuff. Yeah.
1: Yes,
4: do, do you think it's a do, no, go ahead. as well? Yeah, go
3: ahead, Tonya
4: say It's a teachable moment as well, because what we were talking about before you came on, Naji, was the situation with Megan the Stallion, how she, you know, signed this deal without counsel. Now she's got counsel. And, you know, she's going back and forth. And in situations like that, the only people that really win are the attorneys. So, you know, I, I'm yeah, I'm so true. grateful that you brought that up, because, again, it's a teachable moment. And these kids that are out here. You know, there's 99,000 more Megan the Stallions, you know, that are going yes, to are. make but, you that know, same you know, mistake. I, I
1: understand. Yeah. I understand how they fall into that, because as as I said, you know, uh, the one regret I have, and maybe this may be able to change is, uh I might be able to be able to purchase back uh, the rights to my masters and my earlier works. But to get in the game, you know, it's almost like uh, you're doing a deal with the devil. You know, and either way you go, unless you have the financing from an outside source, most of most of the new artists, they walk into a situation where they're promised sane, they're promised uh, visibility and possibility of earning more money than they could ever imagine. And then they find out, well, listen, I'm really on a plantation. Mm -hmm. So now I've signed a deal with the devil and I'm here working on the farm. And, you know, I would love to have the benefits of everything I've been able to produce. So it's not an uncommon situation that artists find themselves in. And, you know, you're right. You know, uh, a lot of times these young artists come in, they don't understand the game. They don't understand that, you know, attorneys, you know, it's an expensive game to be in when you start out, number one. But number two, it's really a long-term slavery contract. You know? <laughs> so, um, and it takes really finance and knowledge, to, to really be able to break free of that. There's very few artists that are able to do that. So uh, we wish her well. You know, I heard your comments about her flashing one thing or flashing jewelry, but not being able to pay attorney. I mean, that's some real stuff right there, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you know, priorities are a little, in, a little strange. Absolutely, there, but, uh, <laughs> exactly. That's
4: real. <laughs> yeah, I'm but not I, certainly <laughs> I certainly understand. I certainly understand. You know, and again, leaving something, yeah. Yes. You know, and we talk about leaving something, and I segue into you know your saxophone company. You know, you just don't get out there and play every night. You know, so can you just tell how how did you, I guess, get to you know making that agreement and you know and I guess what was the motivation sure. there? But it absolutely makes sense. Well, you know, I. have so tell us about this company, sir.
1: Yes. Uh, well, I represented a company for many years, for about ten years, called Cannonball. Uh, cannonball saxophones and they have a lot of prominent prominent saxophone players alongside myself at the time but the opportunity came up with a gentleman out of detroit who was doing that an african-american brother um and he uh was doing that in a small level and one day we had a conversation and he invited me to join him and we so we put together a company called chaser winds um and it's called chaser winds is the name of our company we formed it and we started with the Najee Platinum Series. And uh, since that time, we've we've sold quite a few of those. And uh, everywhere I go, I play my my own made horn. So I have to say, in some ways, we decided to have to do other things. In my business, you have to do more than just play music to make a living. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, as you know, Tanya, our living really is no longer the days of, you know, you can wait for royalty checks to come in and you get all the mailbox money. Now you really have to Tour and you have to do have other things going on, you <laughs> right. know. To keep your your thing, I've been very fortunate. I mean, I've I started in the game young enough that you know, fortunately, with my brother Fareed and I, we made good decisions, mm-hmm. and we're okay. You know, I tour now, and I'm having fun doing. It. You know, it's not a because I have to uh, <laughs> worry about a bill, you know. But um, but you know, so that's really one of the things that I just wanted to stretch out and create something different, and it's been working. You know.
0: Good stuff. Good stuff.
3: Hey Tanya B. Vi has a question, I think. Vi, did you have a question for Najee?
0: No, I'm just saying it's uh like you said about the slave mentality thing. You just said that the the business set up that way because I know they know that they, they got the young folk. Like you said, they want they so thirsty to get in the business. Like I said, a lot of them don't yeah. have any money. They just they I don't think they see the, the big picture where well, if I get in there, I yeah. think once they get in there they lose focus and they just spin, 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 I think okay, if I get in there I just need to not sign my life away. Yeah, banks Well, and then, when know, they re- and then when they, yeah, then they, when they become a big stars, then they realize, okay, I'm really not getting paid. They are getting out of money, and I, get, right. and I can't do it. And I can't do anything
1: about it. Yeah, there, there's there's very few I think we can point to. I mean, Jay Z obviously has been able to to do that, but you know, we know Jay Z has a long history of, of things other than just the music business. Right. Um, and most most of the the major artists that are doing very well. Uh, when we're speaking of just even just rap, you know, I mean, you think about Queen Latifah or even LL Cool J or, you know, anybody at 50 Cent, they all have transitioned to other, they may have been rap, you know, even puffing, you know, it may have been rap music that may have been the entree for them, but they branched out into other areas that now, you know, the launching pad was that, but they branched out into other areas to keep your brand alive
0: and and movies, but I also, you know. I also think the yeah. people you talk about they had a solid background too. They had like Queen Latifah had. They, wasn't her mom real her when she was going through this process? They would make they had people to make sure they wasn't going to get taken advantage of. They had people actually looking out for. Yeah, sir.
1: yeah. I mean, they are definitely the you know the uh, they they definitely are, have had some help you know and some right. protection. You know, a lot of these young kids, man, they just want to be seen. They're talented and. You know, uh, they yeah. get in the system, and then they find it hard to to evolve beyond that. You know,
0: correct. Um, so, so yeah. they just—I mean, I understand where they're coming from. I just—I just, I just hate it that they get that far. They don't realize once they end there, Okay, now, okay, now you're famous. Now you need to start thinking about making money. Yeah, <laughs> <You're> right. <laughs> and then when they realize it, they didn't realize money. It, oh. Yeah, saving money. I mean, you know, you're not like the guy said. The ride is only going to ride the hot. They said the hit. You only got so many hits in you. Both yeah. folk don't have a whole bunch. That's of hits, right. So.
1: That's very true. And listen, I mean, if we've seen it over and over again. We I won't mention names, but you hear these stories of how is this artist sold millions of records and they broke. Well, I understand how that can happen. You yeah. oh, know, yeah. so number one, if you if you're in an industry where the, the 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 formulas are set up not for the artist benefit, number one, then you right. get you know, you get on the road and you're being charged. You're, you're just having a good time. You're just being visible. You're just spending, spending, spending. And then one day the record company decides to collect on all of that, that they've advanced. And then you add into that, your lack of knowledge about how the system really works in terms of paying your taxes and all those kind of things. And then just imagine on top of that, you just got bad habits. You see, right. so it's bad, expensive habits. Yeah. It's very easy to say, okay, I sold 10 million records, but, uh, why yeah, is I it? I don't have down. any money.
0: Yeah. You're right, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I yeah, that's why cool. I was, when I saw the story New Edition, I said, Wow, them kids was really they was really taking advantage of. Oh yeah. But uh, I guess yeah, that's, like, they were, but that's they were, light. but they were also they were taking advantage of and, and you know
1: and they were just enjoying the ride, you know, while they right. were there. And
0: not right. thinking they did about enjoy, well, they did enjoy it. They didn't see that when they got of age to finally realize they needed money, the guys said, Well, we we'll pay you other.
3: Yeah Well, you know, like Tony right. B says exactly all the time you know there's business there's show and then there's the business and a lot of folks right don't include the business this. it's all about the show yeah they, so
0: they got the show but they don't exactly. know the business. yeah hey Najee uh yes,
3: Center of the Heart the new album which which yeah. love it man mm-hmm. uh great great project oh, thank, you. thank you um tell us a little bit tell us a little bit about the new album uh
1: well it seems to be doing pretty well I'm actually uh doing something I haven't done in a while, which is a real promotional tour, going around <laughs> doing things. Uh, actually yeah. heading over to UK tomorrow to uh, go over there and do some promotion on it. Um, but it, it's really a collection of songs uh, that I've worked with other producers. I mean, I've, I have got Demonte Posey, who's worked with, uh, you know, Tony Braxton, Babyface, uh, Eric Benet, all the Eric Benet's stuff. I've got Greg Manning, who's one of the top smooth jazz producers, Darren mm-hmm. Rod. Uh, features Kenny Lattimore on one song. You know, which seemed to be doing pretty well for me. Um, and then I, I threw in one orchestral piece, a remake of the the classic song "Alfie." Yeah, flute. I heard that. <laughs> you heard it, yeah. That's, oh yeah. yeah, that's very special to me because I did it on flute. I mean, it's been done maybe a thousand times with vocalists and saxophone players and whoever, but it's never been done on flute. This was actually the first time it's ever been done on that instrument, and you know, so, and I'm just having fun, man. That's pretty much it. It teaches my son who, uh, you know, he's rapping on there on one song a phone called One Note Love. And, you know, it's classic Najee. You know me, I'm, I'm very uh, fickle in my head when it comes to music. I mean, I'm all over the place. So, if hmm. I really try to put together different elements and have it make sense, it seems to be working.
3: <laughs> yeah, good stuff. And, and I'm going to play just a little bit yeah. of, of something, something, man. Uh, sure, yeah. Which, you know, just a little bit of it, give people a taste. Oh yeah. So, so uh, when when you were when you were looking at doing something, something, and and this will this will go give people a little bit of background about how you do your covers. What was the process, man? Did you reach out to Maxwell, or did you just reach out to his label, uh, or were you close enough to you Maxwell? Know what, man.
1: You know what? It's crazy because that whole idea of doing that song started in the late 90s. I think it was like 1998, to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. And uh, I told Maxwell, we were actually together in New York at a Prince concert as Prince's guest. And I sat there, I said, yo, man, you know, I want to do your song something, something. He said, oh, man, that would be dope, man. That'd be dope. (laughs) I said, okay, so... Fast four years later, I had tried it with some other people and it just didn't vibe, man. I mean, you know, it's one of those things that if you gotta do the song, you gotta get somebody that really hears information to reach and be heard. And uh by the mere fact that it's instrumental, first of all, to capture the vibe of what he did. As easy as that song sounds when he sings it, when you get inside of it it's not that easy oh, at all. No. You know. There's a there's a lot of little inflections he does that to try to imitate on the instrument and uh take it somewhere. So so, anyway, I fulfilled my commitment from 1998 with him, and here we are now in 2020. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you know, we have it on there.
3: Good stuff. And, and that's that's his classic album, yeah. man. That that album defined your yeah. soul. Um, Urban Urban Hang Suite was, was from that album, correct? That's right. Yeah. yeah yep. 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 yes, sir. And um, you got the cut with, uh, let's hear a little bit of the cut from Kenny Lattimore. Yeah.
2: Let's smile.
3: That's better with, with, uh, Kenny Lattimore. Just a, just a phenomenal cut, man. And, and, and the thing I really like about this album, it's just a rich album. I mean, it sounds, it sounds like you put some of that, you had some of that George Duke money, uh, (laughs) yeah. <laughs> 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 Some of that <laughs> you found something
0: cuz cuz it, the it is and,
3: and and uh and I do want it cuz see I go back I'm you know I'm 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 well I always say it, I'm not young anymore but I, I I've always been an old soul man so when I heard I I'm familiar with the Alfie going back to Dion Warwick so I said damn he covering Alfie yeah. so you know so I was I was kind of surprised that you put Alfie on there but it's a great cut you're flautist and am I saying that right Najee because I you know yes that's correct
1: and that actually you actually one of the few people that, that that said it correctly yeah, yeah
3: so so I do want to play a little bit of this and and I was really impressed sure. with the way you did this here we go I didn't get quite to the hook but that's a killer man and just to so- show you i have some no, cred- no, thank you just to show you i have some credibility michael cain was in the
0: movie oh. <laughs> <laughs> see what i'm saying yeah there you go that's right he sure
1: was
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah so uh you, you, i mean you, you, well, you know, do yourself, you,
1: man. you a yeah, real quick story my my mother uh my mother always loved that song you know yeah. I, don't, I think it kind of reminded me of reminded her of my father to be honest with wow. you wow she would she would always play that song all the time. So for me, there was a melody in my head that never that has been there forever. You know, that was a huge so, song uh, for
3: my mom as well. Man, that's funny you should say that. Yeah, um, had a chance yes to talk sir. to Dion De- De- Warwick, and um, and we were talking about some of her favorite songs, and I told her that. And, you know, Alfie was one of my favorites because of my mom. So we have that in common, sir. We have that in common, man. Yes, it's sir. a great song. Great song. Talia, you, but you got anything else, uh, for Najee?
4: No, actually I do. And, and it was interesting that he kind of tried to slide this in. <laughs> he talked about having his son on his album. Wow. And, you know, I guess for, uh, those, you know, those parents who have no knowledge of, the music industry whose children, you know, and again, we can take this back to the Supremes and they signed a contract and they had parents who couldn't, who were illiterate. But, um, you know, with your, your son, you like you were saying, uh, do your children, any of them have any interest in actually being artists, being, being out in the forefront, such as, you know, what you're doing or, you know, are you their advisors? Do, you know, uh, what are they doing as in the business? And, you know, again, how, you know, how you protecting them babies?
1: <laughs> well, to be honest with you, none of them have gone into the music industry other than my oldest son, who's, uh, actually he's gone to film school. So he's more into, he kind of graduated a film college in LA and now he does some rap things. He does his own videos. He's done stuff a big pond. and other, other people I wouldn't recognize, but, uh, he went into it full head, full steam, as well as doing his filming thing. Uh, my other children, You know, my daughter graduated from Tuskegee in psychology. My son, Najee, graduated with his master's from FAMU uh, in finance and business, business administration. My son, Jamal, graduated from Morehouse in business administration, and now he's going on for his law degree. so... I uh thank God they haven't decided to go into the music business.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, they
1: could be on
5: the biz- no, they can <laughs> be on the
1: business side. You said you've got one that's Well I know, was about again. to say I was about to say yeah, my son Nazi, he works for, for Merrill Lynch and he's definitely advisor in, in terms of investments and stuff. I mean he's he's always, you know, watching my back and advising me on certain things, you know, and telling me what's going on and what's hot and you know, he's actually uh will come down to Florida and spend a week with me to just you know, tell me what's going on in the business, you know,
4: (laughs) and you're going to have a lawyer, you know, and, you know, I got a lawyer. I got, that's
1: right.
4: Oh, and actually uh, serious for a serious moment. You know, uh, there are a lot of, I guess, um, I guess, you know, people, I think we as a culture, sometimes we don't embrace mental health issues. And then you hear when these artists go off the reel, you wonder why. But I think at the end of the day, because you really are, are you, know, you don't have a normal life for all intents and purposes and that piece pieces, you know, is real, you know, real, the whole mental health piece. You know, you're in different cities, different countries, different time zones, you're on a plane, you're off a plane, you know, you do a show and I, you know, I've know i seen some artists go, what city am I in? And, I, and it took me a while to understand why they could actually say that. No, but that part of this business is real. Yes, I, I how do you agree. Um, how do you keep it? How do you keep it? You know, your level, your zen, your cheat. Well, you know, you know what? I mean, I've I've been very,
1: very, very, very fortunate. I mean, I've always been. I, I don't consider myself uh, spiritually this, that, or the other. I've, but I've been fortunate to always have a sense of never taking this this particular thing I do as the end all for everything for me, you know? So, and then having children early, I mean, my first son, he was born when I was 18 Mm -hmm. and I, here was, here I was a kid from New York city that quit high school and went on the road and toured all over Europe with a band and came back from, uh, Europe and decided, uh, you know, I, I had a kid, you know, and I wanted to, uh, just go in a different direction. So I went and got my GED, went to college. You were in that on the time I met you Tommy. Um, Mm -hmm. and, You know, just never took this to the point where it was the end all for me. You know, I have to say my children have been a very strong, stabilizing force, force in my life. I never recommend anybody to have children young. I would never recommend that to anyone. Unfortunately, my children didn't do that, you know, but, uh, I have to say for me, and I always tell them this, if it wasn't for them, I'd probably be a whole different person, you know, Mm -hmm. because they forced me to stay grounded. Yeah. and uh, when my time came as a solo artist, um, I was fortunate to be in a position to be able to bring them on the road, on tour with me in the summer. I mean, and I'll tell you a real funny story, not to bore you guys, but I recall just about a year ago, two years ago, I was going to Africa, and I had an extra ticket, which is my norm. You know, whenever I, we negotiate a deal overseas, we always get an extra ticket. And I went to my children and said, hey, you know, I got this extra ticket, but blah, blah, blah. would you like to come with me? They're like, dad, we got lives now. You know what I mean? <laughs> You know, <laughs> yeah, man, were we had not so we. I mean, we've done yeah. all this with you. You know, this is nothing new to us. You know? so, kids we'll humble. Right. K-
3: kids oh. will humble you, <laughs> man. Yeah, kids are like humbling, lives, man. man. <laughs> <laughs> That's they humble they
1: you. They buddy.
4: have
1: lives. <laughs> yeah, they have yeah. lives. Now, you know, you got kids of their own. They like, yo, listen. I mean, Pop,
0: I'd love to go with you, but I don't have the time. I just don't. Yeah, I mean, They shut you know, down. Like, I, I understand where you're coming from on that one.
3: Absolutely. Really so what yeah,
0: so I what you if understand.
3: your name is Najee?
0: <laughs> it's yeah, exactly, mine. You, know, <laughs> so, you just popped to us.
3: That's it. That's it. Six number one albums, five number one singles, Billboard Chart, the new album, Center of the Heart. Uh recently nominated, congrats on the NAACP uh nomination, award nomination. Thank you uh still doing your thing you. man uh multi platinum multi grammy nominated man it, it's it's really uh th- thank you Tanya B uh for for grabbing the guy who followed you home from school one day uh oh. have have him have him on our podcast <laughs>
0: I guess you can. Chance, you could always right? hold that yeah. against them. Hey, hey, listen, you know, <laughs>
1: every <laughs> time I see one of her sisters, is always you know you were supposed to be my brother-in-law. You know,
3: that, right? <laughs> <laughs> so wait, wait a minute. Let's go back.
4: What, what, no, what, what city was you, that? Bro, I know. I tell him when you tell the story, yeah. tell it right. What city? What city were y'all in? By the way, what campus? Oh, in Boston. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah,
1: we
3: were in Boston. Yeah.
1: All right.
3: Yeah. Very cool. Tanya B, you got any you got any rap for Najee wrap him up? I know he's been on. I appreciate you being on, So You got anything? Um,
4: um, thank you, I, I would I wouldn't I wouldn't do that here. Mm. Um you know, I would just say this, you know, in all <laughs> seriousness, I just want to, again thank uh, you for funny. being my friend of of so many years. Why are you laughing? Oh, thank you. No thank <laughs> you as well thank you. <laughs> Oh man! Okay, you know and one more sidebar. The funny thing about it is, after he and I had met and we'd gone on, you know, our separate ways and done things, and then I have a younger sister who ended up working at Capital EMI, mm-hmm. and one That's of the right. first artists that she worked with was Naji, and he did not right. know that we were sisters. Wow! Wow! That's right.
3: Good stuff. Well, I will, I will say this: uh, you, you, you
4: got six degrees yeah. for real, for real.
3: Yeah, you you've you bought a lot of joy. A lot of happiness, man, to a lot of people. And I know you see that when you do your concerts, Um, you know, oh, and, you, and you know, without a doubt, Um, you know, I look back on my career, man. And I just remember that, you know, I will say this, too, man. People were playing your stuff in the clubs. I mean, even you know that. Right. I remember that in the beginning.
1: Yes, I do. I do remember that. It was yeah. like
3: the DJs. And I was I was a club DJ. And we got copies, promotional copies of Naji cuts. Whereas, you know, we, who, who would think about sending a club jock, um, a, a jazz album, but, but, you know, your stuff got played in the clubs. So, you know, you, you, you definitely reached a lot of people and it shows to this day, man. So keep doing your thing. Oh, thank you. Con, continue success. Have fun in the UK. I, I don't know how to say that, yes, but are, are, are they putting any travel restrictions on you?
1: For going over there now because no, not yeah, no, I mean, you know, I know this stuff is very real, but uh, yeah. you know, as a I mean, commerce still goes on, and yep, you know, I'm not really worried about going there because I mean, obviously, this can happen anywhere, but yeah, uh, yeah. you know, the UK is definitely, to me, in my opinion, one of the safest places in the world to go, you know? yeah, so uh, big time, yeah, you know, so yes, yeah, sir,
3: all right, well, good stuff. Uh thank you for being on the G podcast. You're a friend of the podcast. Anytime you want to come on and 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 mess with Tanya B, uh you have the phone Hi. number. <laughs> harass Tanya B. I appreciate feel, it. Feel free. Go ahead. Yeah, so, I just have one
4: thing um go ahead. um you ain't gonna let him go. Um, <laughs> go no, ahead. I want to get I want to get I want to uh, let people know how to follow him on yeah, social media and Absolutely. his website and find out about tour dates and Anytime. saxophone clinics and all those good things. So get it. Yeah. Okay, well, it's
1: uh, Nazi the official page on Facebook, and then Nazi official for Twitter and Instagram, and then of course Naziofficial official.com com for uh, for all my tour dates and all those kind of things. You know, just type in Nazi official, all that stuff will come up.
4: Very simple. We'll Very make
3: accessible. sure we'll make sure we put that on the and podcast is there, page. Is there a link
4: on there for um, Chaser Winds as well? Yes, there is ChaserWinds for those
1: people who are. Uh, you know, uh, students and all. And by the way, what we have that's a little different from most of the companies is I'm personally involved with each instrument that goes to the player. So you'll have videos of me playing the instrument mm-hmm. before we send it to you, getting, you know, we always have a period where we set up the instrument, meaning we take it to a technician and they make sure it's set up properly. Because when it comes from the factory, you know, it's not, no instrument is in perfectly where it should be. So I made sure it's perfect before you get it. So it's chaseandwinds.com.
3: Make sure of that, man, because we need to keep music alive with these kids. Yes, sir. Early. They've been ripping the music programs apart, especially in urban communities. And, and, you know, good for you. And and let's definitely keep music alive um, in schools man. and, and with these young folks. Keep it up. Keep doing it. All right.
1: Right, thank Tonya you so B. much. I really appreciate being on here, all of you.
3: Oh, thank man. You. Thank you so much. And and I know Tanya... Thank you, bro. Yeah, definitely. And and I'm gonna let you go before Tanya B has something else to say to you. Something else ah. she's holding. <laughs> she's gonna come out with something as, when you hang I'm up. I'm but...
4: done.
3: <laughs> Either way. Thank you, sir. <laughs> I appreciate
4: it. Have a good night. Thank you. Okay. You as well. Be well. Thank all right. you. Thank good you, Najee. Well, thank thank Naji. you, Tanya. Be well, sweetie. Take care. Thank you. Bye-bye. You too. Bye-bye.
3: Look at you, Tanya B. Man.
1: Pardon
3: me? I mean, people are going to be asking, what Tanya B had? Najee following him. What? what what's going
4: on? <laughs> yeah. You know, that is the honest to God truth. But wait, here's the gag about the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I, had, I might have just turned 18, but in the state of Massachusetts, I think I was probably underage. Oh, Lord. Don't say that. No, I said, but he's the same guy I met all the years show. ago. He's always yeah. been a gentleman. Yeah, he is.
3: Good guy. Always been. Even even yeah. back in yeah. the yeah, day. So so like, so
0: like a, yeah, sound like a great guy. Yeah,
4: good stuff. Yeah, he really is. a yeah. very, like, very cool, very humble. You know, you won't find him uh, rushing the stage at the MTV Awards or the Grammys or, you know, uh, anything along that line. He's just a real, real, just a a true blue for show brother Mm -hmm. who has an amazing talent, you know, and and again, an amazing business sense. And you see how he's made it, uh, you know, taking even his situation like he was talking. He didn't really go into all the situation with the deal that he had Mm -hmm. that was really sour. Mm -hmm. But, you know, just again, learning and, you know, and, and. Knowing better and doing better and being better. And again, even if he, if one person hears his story and it makes them think before they make that decision, then I think he has done his job.
3: Yeah, I agree. And I, I'll say this too: I, I really meant what I said about um, him. Really, he and probably like wait a minute, maybe Gerald Albright, a few of those jazz artists that kept jazz relevant at a period where they it really did, yeah. it could have died, it could have been gone. Or not necessarily gone, but it would have been in the hands of the purist, which would have kept it out of the mainstream. He really, I'd say maybe even though Charday wasn't considered jazz, but it got maybe lumped into the whole jazz yes. genre. Um, a, a lot of that music kept, kept jazz quote-unquote alive so so i really i really do contribute and
4: and it shows you that there really is still a real thirst and hunger for it because you know the fans are still there worldwide And you look at all these smooth jazz cruises that are Mm -hmm. sold out two and three years in advance you look at you know all and i hope it doesn't affect him a lot of these uh smooth jazz festivals yeah there are many that have more r&b acts than jazz acts Yeah, but he's one of those people that there's always somewhere in america where there is a festival, where there is a jazz club, and he will play there. He is
3: the ultimate R and B jazz crossover, fusion, like nineties fusion yes. artist. I yes, know, he is. I mean, you look at Gerald Albright, you look at uh at Najee and, and maybe a few others, but but he he's he's at the top of the list. a
4: few and a few of them have been able to sustain themselves yeah, so over true. you know the last twenty, thirty years as well.
3: So true. So true. You got anything else on the T side and before we wrap it?
4: Eh, yeah, not really. I don't want to <laughs> talk about Erica Badu's vagina in I do. Uh, <laughs>
0: you know? I do. No, this is just
4: kidding. Hey, hey, but, but Okay, I, well on March twentieth, you can go Go, my brother go get your own on March twentieth, it'll be back. What? Because uh, she was sold out, right? So she's got more Oh, it's sold out in less than a day. So she's got a new supply of But my here's my thing. If yeah. she doesn't wear underwear anymore and she just drinks the cranberry juice, how are you gonna get that? You know, the ash from that, if you don't wear underwear, that was the basis for where the incense, you know, originated. So. Mm. Guess we're going to
3: have to get, do- um, a, 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 the making of
4: video. Mm. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, I do Nuts. have one more ridiculous hip hop beef for you. And I really hope that, um, you know, it just sets a bad example. And this is that, um, you know, the rapper Lil Baby and, um, Offset from the Migos, mm-hmm. uh, according to sources, um, are claiming that the uh, little baby's crew ran up on offset at this Atlanta uh, night spot called the compound. They pulled guns on him. They robbed him, took his clothes and left him in his underwear. What is this true? I've seen, I, uh, to me, for me to completely believe it, I want to see, and somebody has got a videotape somewhere. If that really happened, I know that, you know how the setup is at the compound. They have to have had some uh, security cameras out there, out there.
3: Yeah. Somebody saw something.
4: Damn. But it it just sounds ridiculous, and <laughs> the beat was you know uh, Offset was there you know having a little private listening session for you know a new uh, release he's got going. But there's more moving pieces to this picture, and honestly, I'd really prefer for this to be a rumor that gets squashed very quickly mm-hmm. if it's not true, and if it is, they need to grow up. You know, especially uh-huh. Offset, you've got a family now. You
3: yeah. know, don't don't be don't be playing around. And, and
4: how could he, but see here's a here's the gag right here yeah. little baby and his crew um at the very least when offset goes out somewhere even when he gets pulled over by the police he has a woman in the car so again there there's more to this and i'm, I'm going to get uh, i want to just follow it and because if it's not true i'm going to come back next week we're going to squash it and if it is true we just again squash it whatever it is you know mono e mono go in the back room and don't y'all come out until you've come to you know some resolution because it just it makes no sense
3: yeah i agree hey just a couple of things um Hillary Clinton, the documentary is out on Hulu. Um, mm-hmm. I know I know it's kind of uh, a lot of folks have, have said, including me, it's like, oh, Hillary, go somewhere, you know, chill out, get, you know, stop, stop. It's time. Yeah. But but go I will get on say the boat
4: with Bill, that's go what i
3: Go catch some fish. Go fish. But uh, I will say it's worth a watch. It's like um, four one hour episodes on Hulu. And, and you know, bottom line is what it looks like is she's trying to reclaim her narrative uh, and tell her story and humanize her whole persona, which I think the, this does a really good job. Um, the other interesting thing that, that's really kind of coming out of this is hearing Bill Clinton talk about the Monica Lewinsky, Lewinsky scandal. And, mm-hmm. uh, and also, you know, it's kind of a roundabout apology to Monica and her family uh for everything he put them through. So, mm-hmm. you know, it 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 really it's it's worth a watch. Um and, and you know, we've seen all of it, I guess in bits and pieces before, but it's yes. it's Hillary's view of it and 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 I, I think they do a fairly good job. Um the other thing and, and I don't know if I'd mentioned this earlier, the uh on Amazon, Hunters, uh about the Holocaust uh, well, yes. about the the Nazi hunters. I don't know if you've, you, you guys have had a chance to see it. Um, you know, but, uh, you know, it, it, it came under fire. Uh, basically Holocaust survivors said that, uh, it's a dangerous way to mix faction. Uh, I'm sorry, fiction and facts. And, no, it's, it um, is
4: faction. Exactly what you said. Faction you used the right term. <laughs>
3: yeah. And, uh, combination of fiction and facts. But, but one thing I will say this, y'all, um, which is different. It, it it does not put Nazis in a good light. I mean, you still, it makes not, Nazis still look like SOBs. Um, and it still makes the whole Holocaust look nightmarish. It's not like, for example, on the slavery side where you throw in a black slave hunter. I mean, it, where, or you try to humanize slavery or soften. No, 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 no. They in no way with this, uh, try to soften the Holocaust. And, uh, the guy who is actually, uh, who wrote it, um, he's actually, uh, his, his aunt, I think, is a Holocaust survivor. He's Jewish. So th- if I anything, do. I think they, they got on them for playing with the, fi- the facts. But, uh, it's still an interesting watch, but it's gory. I will say that. If you, if you, if you squeamish, um, because it, it's, y'all ever heard of, you remember Inglorious Bastards, uh, Quentin Tarantino? You know? Yeah, I
4: do. The movie, yes, didn't see it. So, mm-hmm. you know,
3: you know how gory that sucker was. You know, it's it's kind of on that level. So if you, you know, if, if you're squeamish, it may not be your cup of tea. But overall, I thought it was pretty good, you know, pretty good series. Uh, season one's done. And, uh, you know, looking forward to season two. Um, also want to let y'all know we are going to be, I'm going to be doing a webinar. I hope Tanya B will, you know, become a part of it uh, on how to start your own podcast. I'll be of on the course. lookout for that. Uh, jump on in, Tanya B. Love to have you. And uh, I'll have uh, some details within the next few weeks. I want to remind y'all coming up, Again, on March 22nd, the one, the only Bernadette Cooper. I'm, 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 (laughs) you know what to expect from Bernadette, right?
4: I know. know, Like I said, trust me, Bernadette. Cooper is going to not bring it she's going to bring it and she hasn't even gotten here yet so bring is in the past tense but she's going to bring it. And I've so had trust it me. Yet. You know and, and it's a great segue because again Mark today is International Women's Day absolutely. but this is uh, March National Women's History Month so you know we're going to work I'm going to go I'm going to get get back in my uh, my contacts and get some more fabulous females to come up and do the spot for the rest of this month. How's do
3: that. that. Yeah, absolutely do that. And and don't forget you know we stream every single week you can get the my tuner Radio app, the app's available on all basically platforms. You can check us out every week, um, at 6 p.m. on Sunday, uh, Roku, Apple TV, Apple CarPlay. Um, we, we stream 24 seven at castropolis.net. Uh, you can check out all the other, uh, podcasts. Uh, we just added a new podcast, by the way. Where are we at? Uh, Nabate Isles has a new sports podcast going to be starting on castropolis this week. It is a yes. phenomenal sports podcast. Talks to a lot of legendary sports figures. One of, like, I heard the Warren Moon episode. It's really talking about uh, where these guys are and what they're doing with their careers at this point. And, and of course, you know, um, Nabate is a Grammy winning uh, trumpeter, but not only that, he's a sports fiend. That dude loves, knows, eats, drinks, lives sports. And and it shows yes. his passion for it shows in his podcast. So I'm excited about having him on. Yeah, Vi, you got anything else, man?
0: No, it was great, man. I mean, uh, listening to Najee, he was a great person. Yeah, he was. It was a. It was it was it was a this, to see that he was so real and so humble. So he was a. He was a good person. Cool dude. I'm not used to. Yeah, I'm not used to most uh, people that famous and that successful being than being that down to earth
3: yeah and you know what he said by the fact that he's done other things you know when when you
0: yeah yeah because he said he can relate to he's i've been there
3: yeah when you you've been a taxi driver <laughs> you know' what I'm saying you definitely can relate <laughs> to people
0: yeah, basically, yeah basically, and, and like, that I, that's real yeah that's right yeah. i've been in the real world
3: yeah big time a lot of folks I've have had, yeah
0: yeah i've had a real job yeah yeah Hi, like don't forget people like
3: me. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Don't forget, don't forget the Thanks brother for over here. Not me, me either. Uh, check us out. Follow us on Twitter, y'all, at the G Podcast One on IG. This is the G Podcast. Email. Love your feedback. This is the G Podcast at Gmail. Uh, if you have any uh any topic or, or any information you want to send us, feel free to do so. We'll definitely take a look at it. Uh you can email us at uh again, this is the g podcast at gmail.com. Tanya B, as always it's a pleasure. Always uh looking forward to your wisdom and <laughs> Uh, yo yo, um, look at Vi what you doing man? yeah
4: the pleasure
3: <laughs> is all mine <laughs> I said wisdom and Vi's, I don't know Vi's eyes got big you know something I don't know Vi I don't know okay alright either way I
0: know she got ch- she got chased down by Jaiji
3: <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm saying now she her down <laughs> at 18 alright mm. <laughs> true stories coming oh, I, out. I,
4: look I've stopped a few tra- cars and traffic in my day <laughs> thank you very <laughs> much <laughs> <laughs>
3: hmm. so we believe. Be got it like that <laughs> That's why she won't come up on camera, but Is is, is that why yeah, she's the only one who'll come up on camera in the, the podcast? <laughs> <laughs> All right, y'all. All right. With, with, with that said, uh, episode twenty three is in the can, and we are
1: out of here. Peace. Peace. You've been listening to the G Podcast with your host Tommy B. The G Podcast is a production of the Castropolis Podcast Network.
0: Thanks for listening.